Hello and welcome to Further Faster brought to you by Montaigne. I'm Daniel Nielsen and it's my job to talk to ultra athletes, explorers, filmmakers, climbers, mountaineers, people who are at the top of their game to find out why they do what they do and how they do what they do. So it's the second time this episode's guest has appeared on Further Faster. The first time I spoke to Jordan Wiley, it was the height of lockdown and he just had to abandon a paddleboarding challenge around Great Britain. Mind you, he did get halfway. Not a bad feat. Yep, is a tough cookie. You may recognise him as one of the hunters from the TV show Hunted, but in the background he's been building a school in Djibouti, running very, very cold marathons and campaigning on mental health issues, in particular social media addiction and abuse. So as we look to World Mental Health Day on October the 10th, I spoke to him about his own journey, how we can help our children and how we can help ourselves. It's an essential, yet as always with Jordan, entertaining episode. Listen in. Great. Nice one. Jordan Wiley, welcome back to Further Faster. No, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for inviting me back. What a privilege. I know. To, you know the second time, this means you're officially a friend of the podcast. That's what we're allowed <laughs> Amazing. to say. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and whereabouts are you calling from now? Where are you now? I'm in um, very sunny, actually, today, Winchester, which is nice. Hmm. I'm not very far from you and it's absolutely pouring. So um, <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll be getting it in about an hour. <laughs> and is that is that your base these days yeah it is at the moment yeah I love I'm, I'm just based sort of on the uh the South Downs National Park there um you know within striking range of, of sort of the water at Southampton as well so um yeah. we, we, we've got countryside and we've got the, the, the blue therapy within within distance which is which is good for me <laughs> really well I'm 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 in Eastbourne which is exactly the other end of the South Downs way so yeah it is it's precisely 100 miles away we should meet in the middle <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh cool so yeah so the last time I spoke to you we were in the throes of lockdown things were weird um and you just been paddleboarding doing a crazy uh trip around around Britain is that right that's where we, that's that's about where we were last time wasn't it when we spoke yeah I think it was actually it was um last time I spoke to you yeah a couple of years ago now and it was it was it was a really tough period actually. Um, I yeah. think one because of COVID, probably a combination of lots of things. Living sort of isolated on my own with the COVID situation, the pandemic, obviously people going through some tragic times, and then coming off yeah. the expedition after six months as part of this incredible uh, team on this amazing adventure. The sort of post adventure blues kick in, and it, it yeah. was. I remember. I remember very well actually. I was in a very dark place. I remember it being quite an emotional chat. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was well, well, I'm. I'm definitely in a much better place. I think uh, two years on from there, that's that's okay. for sure. So that's a, that, 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 that's a good thing, I guess. And yeah, but yeah, lots of lots of lessons learned through that period. I think lots of probably resilience built as well, which is always always important uh, yeah. and a good thing. Um, and come off, I came off social media for twelve. Yeah, months. Yeah, this is one of the things that we wanted to touch upon. So it's World Mental Health Day, is that right? On when's that? October the tenth. Yeah, that's right. The tenth of right. October is, is World Mental Health Day, and and, and I yeah. came off yeah on the tenth of October, twenty twenty one, and 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 I'm still I, I still don't know if I want to return. You know, it's a weird. Right. It, yeah, I've actually enjoyed the freedom and the, right. the the just being able to live in the the here and now without worrying what's going on on a screen or what someone's yeah. up to or you know what, what were think, the what were the key reasons to come off social media like what what were the what were the things that were adversely affecting kind of your mental health and 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 also by doing so you wanted to highlight problems with it so what what were the key things for you really that 
I think yeah. I think first and foremost, um, I think I think there's a lots of different things, but I think first and foremost, it became a bit of an addiction. I think it's right. uh, I think it's a challenge for a lot of young people today who I speak to in in mm. schools and colleges, cadets, scouts, cubs, mm-hmm. and it is. It's a lot of adults a, as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, adults as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's almost like a uh, an unrecognised addiction, though, it, it, because it's because we have this, you know, we have these screens, these phones, or whatever they are, in our pockets or in our hands, everywhere we go, yeah. all, all day, every day. It's almost like it's the, the world doesn't recognise that, that that it's an issue of some sort. Yeah, you know, like with I guess with uh, alcohol or drugs or, yeah. or or gambling or whatever it is. You know, these are well sort of first addictions that, that there's been solutions around for people can get help for but yeah. social media is, is, is a strange one and I think for me I was in my screen time was you know it was it was like six to eight hours a day just wow. on my phone and it was all social media apps it was Facebook Instagram mm-hmm. Twitter's whatever they are YouTube's yeah. and and, yeah. and and the productivity levels I found were, were pretty bleak of, of what I was doing on them you know it was mm-hmm. the analogy I use actually to, to, to I was doing a talk yesterday in um, in a high school and the, I was trying to think of a, a, an analogy and it was the in a college sorry and and the best one I should I, I came up with was like if you put a pound in a slot machine, it was it's like when you, you press the reels and you have this little bit of a dopamine hit while you're waiting for the reels to land. Yeah. And that's a that, that's a bit like when you you see people constantly refreshing their feeds and, and yeah. you're hoping that something's gonna change or something's gonna excite you. And it, mm-hmm. and it, it, it was it, it's a little bit like that, and you and you become addicted to, to to sort of checking all the time. And I found that it was a lot worse when if you posted a picture or a or a comment, you then had to go back in to see what people were saying yeah. or was getting engagements. And I think one of the as an adventurer, when you're working with lots of brands, uh, um, you know, it's you, you have an obligation, I guess, from a marketing perspective to, to, to you know, people want yeah. to know how many, what, what your engagement rates are, what your impressions are, and all these weird and wonderful statistics that matter to marketing people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know yeah. what, actually, just on, the, on this point, actually, I, I want to say a, a huge thank you to Montaigne, actually, because Montaigne and, and Bremont, a, a watch company who I work with very closely, yeah. um, those are two brands, actually, who have, Fully supported my my year off, where other uh, other brands, let's say, were were very much sort of of the of, of the of the outlook that we'll come back to you when you come back on social media, right? And, and that was that was really interesting for me. And you know, I don't I don't name the brands or anything like no. that, but but I think it was really interesting that the outdoor brands, you know, Montaigne is obviously for me is a, is a world leader in what they do, but but for them it was really refreshing. It was really important that they. That, to know that they shared the same values, I guess, because yeah. if you're an outdoor brand, you should want to promote mental well-being, better mental physical health. And so, for them, I'm Bremont. You know, I'm, I'm really grateful for because at no stage did they say, "Oh, you, you know." That, that in fact, quite the opposite. Montaigne were Jordan. What can we help you with? Is there any adventures you're doing while we're not going to be seen it online? And if we can support you in any way, yeah, checking in on me. So I, I just thought that was really nice as a as an organization and really it, it reassured my relationship was a, a great a great fix with Montaigne because we, we share the same values on on, on promoting the outdoors and, and things which was amazing yeah, um, yeah and you know some other outdoor companies were, were you know one company said to me actually and it, it's, it's quite horrific you know what they mm-hmm. said they said to me that they said to me your social currency is a lot less when you're not on social media and I just thought <laughs> What a thing to say! What what a what a what a thing to to make someone feel that they're not good enough because they're not online for a certain period of time. Yeah. 
And, and, and that's that was just it was mind blowing that someone would say that. And I'm sure they didn't mean it in a personal insulting way, but yeah, just yeah, thought, yeah. you know, you're working in the outdoor industry, you, you should really get this more than anyone. And mm. But, but but alongside you know me sort of spending far too much time on this, I I find there's a lot of negativity on there, and and, and yeah. I think when you're fed into all these different feeds twenty four hours a day, it's just you, you you're a, I think you're a product of your thoughts, and when your thoughts are being influenced by negative energy, you have to do something about that. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 there was you know especially in the pandemic, it was full of negativity. It was always I don't mean people being negative always. I mean bad news. You know yeah it's yeah yeah it's scrolling dying. It's, <laughs> it's pandemics. It's it's just not not been good. And I went into a school to do a talk in September 2021, and I can remember stood at the front of the assembly hall and. I said to the, the the students, the pupils, I said, has anybody got any questions? And this one young lad, he must have been 13, maybe 14. He, he said, sir, can I can I, can I just say something? I said, yeah, please, please do. And he says, I hope I grow up to be like you. And I thought, well, that's a really lovely thing to say. So I thought I would I would interrogate that further. Mm. And I said, why do you feel like that? And, and I assumed he might say something nice about, you know, charity work or being a soldier or something. And yeah. what, what, he said, what he said astonished me. He said... He said, well, I've checked you out and you've got over 100,000 followers and a blue tick next to your name on, on Instagram. And uh, he said, and I just hope I can get to be to, to, to be like that one day. And, I, and, and I, a, bit, a bit of me died inside when he yeah, said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw his teachers around the room, around the assembly hall, and they were dying as well when he said it. And and it yeah. made me realise that, you know what, it made me realise that I'm I'm – very fortunate to go around the world doing doing some great adventures but but actually that's a very small snippet of my real life you know like you this morning we were chatting i've just we've just been on the school run and we're we're running around you know trying to yeah, yeah. You know, make breakfast and pack lunches and and, 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 other things <laughs> and the, the real problems in life and yeah. but but they're not the things that we post online you know we we we, we don't post the the the, 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 the down days as such or, yeah. or the real the real things and deciding not to iron my son's shirt this morning they're real world problems you know they're real world decisions that have to be made and I, I i think that i was trying to explain to this young boy that that you know what he sees on on anybody's social media is often just a show reel of their very best bits and you know it's yeah. You know, it, it, my life doesn't involve you know going to the Himalayas every day or, or going through Antarctica or the polar regions or, or paddling. You know, that's 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 a small chunk of my life that, yeah. that I work. Actually, I work probably I don't know five six days a week to try and make happen on that one day. You know, to try to to, to, to make the adventure happen through through sponsors and things. And but but do you, do you, but by to kind of counter that, it is a shortcut to inspiring people to maybe follow you, like. Like it is about I know what you're saying. You know, so somebody who kind of talks, you know, you've done TEDx talks, you speak in schools and colleges a lot, I know. And um I think nothing, you know, nothing will beat that. But you do, you know, when you do have a big following and you are doing inspirational stuff, then is there value to that? as well or like where's the balance I guess you're absolutely right and it is about balance and and I think first and foremost if if it's not serving you mentally you know so for me it first firstly you've got to look after yourself it's like the it's the airplane oxygen mask analogy isn't it you got to put yours on before you start helping other people and I think I I think firstly it was affecting me adversely so I needed to to take a break from it but then Mm -hmm. secondly I wanted to practice 
practice what I'm preaching because I'm, I'm people to, I'm not, I'm not, social media has got so many great benefits. You know, it, yeah. it, it connects people. It's it, my fundraising for 12 months has pretty much been obsolete because I've not been online. And, yeah, and that's, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, it, it, you cannot fundraise without having a social presence. I don't think, I think it's impossible. I've learned that's one of the, you know, the downsides to it. Mm-hmm. I, a lot. Of, I've missed. I've missed engagement dues. I've missed stag dues, parties. Um, you know, friends, graduations <laughs> because I didn't know they were happening and yeah. people's newborn babies. And 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 there has been lots of uh, you know missed opportunities and things as a result. But I, I I feel that I have to make young people aware of the dangers. So so the other side to it was sorry. Um, as well as this assembly, uh, the same week I was invited to speak at a funeral of a young boy who had had tragically took his own life as a result of social media bullying. And, you know, what I went to, I I was asked to speak at the funeral, which was quite, it was a bit strange actually, because I never met this boy and I never met his family, but they'd sort of seen the work that I was doing on this particular subject and and been put in touch with me. And I, and I spoke, I spoke at this funeral too, which was, yeah, it was, it was a real move and it was really emotional. You know, my own sort of moment in the middle of giving the talk, because it was just quite, a lot to take in course, that, yeah. that someone can can you know not fulfill their life as a result of what somebody said to them online and I really understood it and got it because you know I, I I've been on for the last year I've, I've spoke to so many other young people and parents who have who've had tragedy through through mm. things that have happened on social media and I met in fact just two weeks ago I was filming a, a documentary piece with a lady called Lucy Alexander and and, and another another amazing woman who's done so much good she's actually credited with the hashtag be kind because when her son Felix um tragically took his own life as a result again of social media bullying yeah uh, she she um she's campaigned for for for, you know better regulations around things like social media platforms she's campaigned for just being kind online and she said something really interesting to me she said Jordan what I tell people in in schools where she she, she's an NHS worker as well and she Hmm. she does a lot about mental health and she said what I tell people is when you post anything online you have to ask yourself firstly is it true you know do you know for a fact that it's true Hmm. secondly is it necessary? And thirdly, is it kind? And if it doesn't tick all three of those boxes, is it true, necessary, and kind? Well, then you should keep your mouth shut. You shouldn't be posting it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I thought, what a, what a what a great little simple mantra that, that if we could adopt in all our lives, because yeah. it, it, most of the time, it, the, you know, it isn't. It's fake news, or it's not. It's not necessary, or it's just nasty. And and I and I just think that that's what young people need to understand, and, and not just young people, adults as well. They're just yeah, as bad. God, we're just as guilty as. <laughs> Yeah, it, <laughs> my my it, daughter's twelve, and I think I spend more time on my phone than she does. Yeah, it is it's, it's, awful, it's really. <laughs> if you if you're a twelve year old girl, you know my my daughter's twelve as well. But if you're a twelve year old, you know, or being coming up to a teenager, you have been immersed from birth in 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 this digital era. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. you know, we 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 can go back to a time where we was climbing trees and crossing rivers and, mm, and you know, mm. camping out or fishing. Whereas. Kids generally don't do that anymore. That is not a, a, a normal thing for a lot of children to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was on an army cadet camp in Wales two weeks ago, and I was astonished by. I, I spoke to a little boy from London who had never seen a sheep or a cow, and this is a fourteen-year-old boy. And wow. I just thought that's that's incredible that that, that this is the first time fourteen years on that he's yeah. he's actually going into the countryside and and. You know, I, I was in. A, I was. T- I was chatting to a teacher last night over over dinner, and she was telling me how many children in school, in the primary schools, key, key stage one and two, they open books and they're trying to swipe and click on the book. You know, they 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 do not. 
it, 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 I, I was just blown away, do you know, by something big. Fascinating. It is. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I feel, I feel well, a desperate need now to dive into something that is not non-digital related. We joke and we laugh, but, but, I, but we, we have, I, I think as outdoors people, as outdoorsmen, we have a duty yeah. and a responsibility to, to encourage people to get outside more. We, yeah. we have to do that. And I think uh, the final thing I would say on, on the social media thing that is, is, is that if you have a following of any sort, if you have influence of any sort, for me, it has to come with responsibility. You have to be sending the right messages, the positive messages. And for me, you know, if I if I do return, I'm going to be asking myself, is it inspiring? Is it educational? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And if it isn't, then I'm not going to post. And I'm, I think when I do come back, maybe in, in October, I will have a very different use way of using it. I think it, yeah. it'll be more about It'd be more about the quality of the content, not just the consistency and the quantity. For me, maybe once or twice a week, putting a very well thought message on there with yeah. some good strong text. I think that's the way I would probably come back to it, as opposed to just posting a picture of you know I'm on a mountain again and look at me sort of thing. Because yeah. the other thing as well is I, I found I found myself needing validation from strangers, and and that's yeah. a that's dangerous. That's a dangerous sort of territory I think to go into when you're trying to prove yourself to people who you don't know and you don't really care about and, and they don't care about you and yeah. it's it, it's a very toxic uh sort of environment to put yourself in that way you're constantly trying to, to 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 impress or to please people all the time it's it's not a nice place to get to because you you start doubting yourself and you start I found myself trying to be someone that I'm not in if that makes sense as well um, just by trying to please, you know, followers or sponsors or, or whatever, and 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 I, and I genuinely, hand on heart, being very honest, I, I found I was losing a bit of aut- authenticity about who I was uh, through through it. Yeah, um, I, I, this this idea of validation is really interesting. I think it's hard enough getting validate. You know, as humans, you naturally seek validation from those around you, but when you open that up to an infinite amount of people through social media, then. It, you know it's hard enough amongst your group of mates you know no, it, 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 you know it's it like we do need we do need validation and we do need those sort of things to kind of you know i think that's that's natural and human but it's not natural and human to ask a hundred thousand people no no <laughs> about validation is it well, well that's the thing and, and and not everyone will like you or what you've got to say or what yeah. you do that's, you know that that is life and 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 if you think that people everyone in the world is going to agree with you then then you're bonkers anyway aren't you you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's what makes us so unique as a human race that we're all wired differently and mm-hmm. i was on the um very recently actually i went i went up to the isle of sky with a a, a good friend of mine Kay burley the sky news presenter mm-hmm. and she she has you know millions of followers and I, we were talking about this while we were sort of you know moving across the coolan ridge and yeah yeah was that was this your most recent trip yeah, recently. Yeah, recently. Yeah, we we were up on the Isle of Skye only in the last sort of late or end of August actually, right, and yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about this particular issue, and I was asking her how does she manage with you know as a journalist, you you, you yeah, okay. you're always upsetting people, you're always getting you know people never are going to agree with everything you say, and you're always it can be quite a divisive job by nature, and yeah, she, she was saying that for her, uh, you know, who's got millions more of people following her than I ever will, and she she was saying that she asked herself, you know is it my friends or family or do I respect that person? Mm-hmm. And if it isn't any of those things and I don't know, I don't, I don't care. It's yeah. water off a duck, it's water off a duck's back. And I think if you can live by that, it's very good, but I think it's, it's, it's easier said than done. 
Um, yeah. But she she was she was like explained to me that 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 you have to always evaluate the source of any comments or any feedback. You know, where is it coming from? Is it because if the person doesn't know yet, or they don't know the facts or the truth or whatever it might be, or they're not your friends or family, well then mm-hmm. they, they probably are putting two to two and two together and getting five or whatever. You know, so yeah. take it with a pinch of salt. And I thought it was it was good advice, but. But what a place the Isle of Skye is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I bet that was a welcome a welcome break. So t- tell us a little bit about that. What was the, uh, yeah, what was the trip? You told me yeah, so the, up on the Cooling Ridge. Oh, what a, what a, what a place. I think, you know, I, the Isle of Skye was one of those, um, it's one of those places that, in fact, the first my, my first sort of interest in it came when I was paddling. When we, we, we when I was paddling up the west coast of Scotland, yeah. obviously you go through the the inner the inner Hebrides, and and I remember just it was probably it must have been mid November when I paddled past Sky, and it, it, the Isle of Sky. When you look at it from a distance, it's got this very like mysterious, curious. Um, it's always foggy. Yeah, it's, it's always foggy, but it's always it's always um, it's always jagged, isn't it? And rugged, it is and really dark yeah. and black, and and it, and it just it's one of those places that looks sort of intimidating, but equally is inviting. I think at the same time, and yeah. so I, I promised myself got to go back there in 2020 when I paddled it past it. Because the only bridge I paddled under was the Sky Bridge. Sure. And, so it, it was it was on my left hand side, and I promised myself I'd come back to it. And then I know that uh, Kay Kay wanted to, she was destined to, dreaming to go to Sky for a, a couple of years as well. And then with lockdown, it didn't happen. So we, yeah. we put a date in the diary, and we went up there with Dan from Montaigne as well, who, who came and took some snaps, and we we tested some new kit out uh, right, for, for right. the collection, which was which was brilliant. And and the the goal was to uh, to, to do the inaccessible pinnacle, and yeah. you know do, do the abseil off it. And it was it was brilliant. It was. For me, it was what any great British adventure should have, you know, a bit of a challenge, a bit of adversity, mixed weather conditions. It was yeah. it was all those things and more. But what, what a spectacular place. I can see why so many people, you know, sort of draw upon it every year. It's, yeah. Definitely go back, you know, amazing. It was it was interesting for me as well, you know. I'm on the on the high cup, just the terrain of that sort of loose sort of scree. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was probably more challenging than I expected to be actually. Yeah. Um, and we were on a good day as well. Conditions were great. It was sunny. It was warm. Uh, but on the we on the second day we did a um, a, a peak called Moscow. Um, okay. Moscow, as I learned, is is a Graham. It's not a Munro. It's not a Corbett. It's a Graham. Right. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> bit of bit of education for for me there. So, um, yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah, so it, it was fascinating little bit of history up that that way as well. On mm-hmm. you know with mountaineering and and you obviously you finish and you go into uh, the, the, there's a pub at the bottom of the the, the mountain that, that you just mm-hmm. chat with so many incredibly inspiring mountaineers and climbers and yeah. hikers. It, it's just a wonderful community because you're only up there for for the same reasons. I think when you're in those sorts of places, yeah. aren't you? you, yeah. you don't yeah. So to, 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 to anyone else, but people who share that that, that, that outdoor love and, and and will for nature. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, and you were telling me before we were on that your next. Your next um, trip is a very far cry from Isle of Skye back to Djibouti. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, back to Djibouti, and um, yeah, it's Djibouti. Djibouti. Yeah, Djibouti's got a very special place in my heart. It has done. Yeah, why? What is that? Yeah, tell us why. What's the? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, Djibouti is one of those. 
it's a country that every time I explain to people, no one's, most people have never heard of it. They, you know, they've never encountered it for whatever reason, but it's, yeah. it's a little, it's, it's a, it's one of the smallest countries in Africa and it's, mm. it's sort of sandwiched in between Somalia, Ethiopia um, and, right. and uh, on the Horn of Africa. And it's, it's, it's one of the, the expedition actually is called the Terra des Extreme, which is a French for land of extremes because it's a former French colony. And yeah. what's fascinating about Djibouti is it's, it's it's got the hottest all year round temperatures on average um wow. yeah so you, you you know you're hitting definitely not sky it's definitely not sky it's far <laughs> from sky it's got the um it, it, it's home to the, the the biggest fish in the ocean so the whale shark it, you know goes there every november which we're heading to see some whale shark diving it's got it's home to the cheetah that you know the fastest land animal mm. it's got the the, the the lowest um lake in africa there it, it, it's just a land of pure extremes it, it, and and the people are so wonderful but my my connection with djibouti came um from meeting a young boy there about four or five years ago now and mm. he was a, a refugee who'd been sort of displaced by the conflict in somalia and yeah the, the, the long and long story short, if you like, this little boy wanted to to go to school. It was his dream to to. to one thing I've learned is education can inspire hope, and this boy had this dream to go to school one day. And for whatever reasons, oh, yeah. I promised, yeah, I promised to build him this school. So, using a community of many incredible fundraisers from around the world, we we got together and we raised the money. And over a three four year period, we built this school and opened it in in May twenty twenty one. And wow. Now we're going back to take a lot of those fundraisers to visit the school, which which is amazing, really, because we're gonna we're gonna do some whale shark diving, we're gonna go sort of trekking through the desert, um, but we're gonna go and visit the school for two or three days and uh, repaint it from the sun damage. We're gonna take out loads of new supplies and textbooks, and you know, uh, put on a little village football tournament, and yeah. just just try and have a positive impact on on that part of the world. But it is it will be an incredible adventure, and a lot of the people who are coming on it. Uh, that they're really stepping outside their comfort zone. You know, they're not adventurers as such who are out and about every day. They're people, some of them yeah. work in the city, you know, they're people who have been stuck behind a desk and they're really pushing the boundaries of of what's going to be an epic adventure. You know, it's it's going to be really special, I think. And, of course, for, for a positive cause as well, which is is, is great. Yeah, well, um, what, what, what I was thinking, and another question I was going to ask is about, you know, you're you're running, like, cold marathons as well and I know you've got a couple left to do but it you know through the pandemic which is interesting in itself but what I guess what ties it all this together like we've mentioned Sky Djibouti and you know Antarctic or Arctic marathons all in one sentence like and paddleboarding around the UK like there is they're so they're so desperate kind of adventures like what drags you in these directions is there anything that kind of links it all up for you. I think, I, I, yeah, I think two things really. I think one is, one is a very selfish thing. It's purpose. I think one is, is it's about having a purpose. It's yeah. about. I think as a former soldier, you know, after I left the military, I think one of the things that you really struggle to get to grips with is losing that identity of being part of something really special. You know, wearing uh, Her, Her Majesty's or now His Majesty's uniform, and yeah. um, uh, you know, wearing your medal, polishing your boots, and and being part of this exclusive club. When you when you've lost that, you, you spend a lot of time trying to find yourself and what your purpose is in life. And for me, it's been trying to. I found my 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 feet trying to help young people. I think trying to help inspire, do my best to inspire the next generation, which yeah. is really important to me. And by doing that, I think it's it's showing people that you know you 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 can achieve anything you want. You don't have to be 
the best in the world at what you do, but you've got to be willing to give it a go. You've got to be willing to grit your teeth. You've got to be willing to, to push the boundaries. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm far from the fa- the fastest, the fittest or, or the best at what I do, but I, I think you've got to take yourself out of your comfort zone and you've got to see what you can achieve and, and, and try and encourage others to, to, to come on that journey with you. Yeah. Um, I think the, the fact that we're doing it for a good cause is really important. So all these adventures actually link back to this school and, and fundraising for this school. Yeah. That would be the, the, right. the, the sort of subliminal thread, if you like. Um, okay. but, but whether it's helping those kids in Djibouti or whether it's trying to help inspire, you know, army cadets or Cub Scouts, whatever it is, I think, we have a duty and a responsibility to do our best to to provide opportunities to, to to inspire, to encourage, to support, educate the next generation because they live in a very different world than what we grew up yeah. in. And I think yeah. I think in some ways they get a tough rap. I think some ways they, they probably live in a more challenging world because we're so more connected and open to criticism, to to, to challenge, to change than we have ever been before. Now I think. Yeah, one of the and and this isn't nearly as crowbarred in as, as what it could have done but one of the montane taglines is um find your unknown and i guess that kind of fits in it's it's like finding discovery yeah pushing yourself out of your comfort zone wherever that is whether that's on a small scale or a micro scale or you know doing the bigger things and i mean you set yourself huge challenges um in terms of like fundraising like fundraising a school <laughs> anywhere is, is going to be a massive challenge but I guess, how does that work? Yeah, how does that work in a school when you walk into a school? How do you inspire a kid to I think do something else? When, when, when really maybe the odds are against him, whether it's, you know, lives in a, a you know, in an urban area and parents aren't as supportive or, or simply just, you know, don't know, don't, aren't into the outdoors. Like, how do you push them to kind of... I think it's about... Different? I, I think you have to be uh, relatable. I think it's about shared experience. I think for me... It's really important from the outset when I, you know, I, I, my, I guess my favourite schools to go into are, 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 the, are the areas that perhaps like where I grew up in, where maybe I've struggled with a bit of deprivation, where some of the children have got challenging backgrounds or, yeah. or they're struggling at home or they're not so great in the classroom because I was one of those kids. So for me, it's, it's, it's about being relatable. You know, it's about going in there and sharing your journey and sharing that, you, you, you know, I think it's also about getting them to have a growth mindset because I think we're tuned in a way as humans to when there's a challenge to turn the opposite way and to to go in a different direction because our, our brain, our body, we're wired to protect ourselves. So when something looks daunting or or, or scary, we, we, we want to shy away from it where it's yeah. about, you know, not looking at it as an obstacle, but looking at it as an opportunity, not seeing the the stumbling block, but seeing the stepping stone. And and it's a, it's about reframing our, our mind and rewiring our mind to see the opportunities and the positives as opposed to the negatives that want to make us turn away. And I think it is about stepping out your comfort zone because often when you do that, you go into what I like to call the stretch zone. That's where the growth happens. That's where the magic happens. Yeah. I think from, from the paddling around the UK, when I was stopped after you know 149 days and unable to complete the paddle I, I i've learned more about myself over the two years since then in terms of growth and development and, and my mindset i learned more from that than i've ever done from being successful with a you know with a new world record or a guinness world first or whatever it might be you know yeah. they're, they're great but but failing and, and having to overcome adversity or, or or being having a big setback you learn so much more about yourself, about the people around you, about life from those experiences. So it's about using what the children perceive as adversity to fuel them, to drive harder, to drive further, faster, as we would say. And mm-hmm. it, it, we, people can do that, but you need to unlock their way of thinking because a lot of them are, 
you know, that, that, that they're surrounded. Do you know, dare, dare I say, a lot, a lot of the adults for young people are quite negative. I, I, I find there are a lot of people, I call them, I guess, detractors, because, because they've not achieved their own dreams as an adult, that they, they, yeah. they make a habit of, of talking young people out of what they can and can't achieve as well. You know, yeah. when we, sh- we should be harnessing their thoughts into positive outcomes. We should be encouraging them. Even if we never got to do what we wanted to do, we should still be doing our best yeah. to... We, we have to pay it forward. You know, the own people have helped me in my life. There's been some great people who've helped me and they've given me a leg up. Yeah. You know, pe- people like Kay Burley, for example, she has been a great supporter of mine. She's helped me in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But Kay, Kay, dare I say, doesn't need my help. She doesn't need me to pay her back. And yeah. what Kay would say is the best way that I can pay her back is to pay it forward. Go yeah. and help someone. Give someone else below you a leg up. Give the next generation a leg up. Go and invest your time there because that's how you pay me back by to pay me back you pay it forward and I, I think that's just just brilliant that and if we all take a little bit from that and we all just give a little bit back together we can do so much for young people I think brilliant Jordan <clears throat> I think that's a perfect perfect place to end listen it's always always a pleasure chatting to you um always such a rich experience and inspiring so thank you very much uh, you're, you're very kind and thank you for inviting me back on Daniel I really appreciate your time as always thank you oh, no, thank you And a massive thanks to Jordan for his time. Thanks as ever for listening. If you can, we'd be mightily grateful if you could leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to be back in a couple of weeks.